0: the media joining me today is chris today a tj hello and i got myself a brand always <laughs> and we're having a very special yep. podcast today a uh, very special podcast we're talking about our year-end lists about our favorite movies and maybe some other stuff of 2017 so this is going to be a fun podcast if you liked 2017 movies <laughs> or just 10 of them or just 10 of them yeah sure So I think the format we're going to go through is we're going to count down from 10 to 1. Uh, Everyone's going to say their 10s, and we're going to hold the suspense for our number one movies. Mm -hmm. But first, we will talk about some other stuff. Maybe the worst of the year, and uh, our favorites in some other medium.
1: Y'all got a video game?
0: Sure. Chris has probably played more actual 2017 video games than I have. My list is only video games I played in 2017.
2: But yeah, David, do you want to start at number five, so I can finish building my list for my top ten movies of the year? (laughs) (laughs) I'll start. Skyrim was probably the best movie. (laughs)
3: You bastard. Best movie.
1: Bad joke day. This is probably the game I played the most in
3: 2017.
2: Yeah, the game I played the most in 2017, I will start and just say, uh, it's in early access, not that I'm doing strict rules, but... I played a ton of Dead Cells. I still love that game. They're still updating it. It's not out yet. Um, for me to put it on this list and then probably to put it on the list next year seems—it's like it's cheating a little bit. When it's final, you know, I will. It'll probably be up there. It's just a, a great uh, Metroidvania um, with roguelike like elements, which I love. Um, but yeah, so Dead Cells is my honorable mention of the year, my early access game of the year. My uh, my feelings about it are still very warm. So. And I recommend anybody who from from any computer strength you can, it'll run on your computer and uh, any depth of play. You know it's challenging, but it, it teaches you as you go, and you unlock more stuff that makes you better at the game as you go. So I Sounds recommend like that video game, but it's not not top five. Right. Cause it's not out, <laughs> which is a weird thing to be able to say. Would it be? You think? Yeah, nice. it probably would have been. It would have wrestled in the top three. Nice, but okay. I'll get
0: number five. Um, the favorite that I played this year again it's not a 2017 title but I just really love the experience playing Until Dawn. Yeah. it um, came out a couple years ago is available this year in 2017 for PlayStation Plus. Okay, for it's free, just yeah. yeah for free. It's a really fun narrative experience and it's it's great in a group. Great for people who love horror movies. The characters are broad enough that you can recognize them, but specific enough that you can make your own choices. Mm -hmm. I just it was one of the most fun times I had this year playing, you know, the climax of that game. Wasn't unforgiving when it came to you know, the entire game is just (laughs) QTEs. (laughs) QTEs. Quick time events. (laughs) But that's probably my number five when I played this year. Cool. My number five, it started
2: because I uh, was talking about how I was playing Dead Cells and that I know that I need to play Ori and the Blind Forest. And a real sneaky release that came out was Hollow Knight. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time, not, not recently, but I spent a lot of time playing Hollow Knight. It's another great exploration game um, in the Metroid style. It does an interesting... It has inter- interesting world building because all of the characters, not all of the characters, but it's, it's, it's wordless for, for most of the intro. Um, and it's basically st- told told just through like black and white and some like really deep blues mm-hmm. um, for the backgrounds and through the storytelling. And oh no, it's a really clever, tight, well put together game. <clears throat> uh, it, it plays really well. The score is amazing, and uh, you know I love me some uh, some some Castlevania Metroid style gameplay.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to check it out this
2: year. Yeah, Hollow Knight. It's 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 one of those games where in Two years and like a bunch of DLC because they're still adding like map areas, which is insane. Um, but it's a it's a game that in two years is going to have a definitive edition that's that people are going to go bananas over.
0: Noise, no noise. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my number four is probably going to be my only twenty seventeen game that I can really see that I played this year. Um, It's uh, South Park, uh, the fractured butthole. Mm. Um, I have a full review of it up on the site. I'm a big fan of Stick of Truth. and A South Park RPG where you can explore every nook and cranny of the town is starting to get diminishing returns because it's the exact same map and all that stuff. But the gameplay and the battles are just so much better, so much more well-considered. The grid stuff works like a charm. It's it's one of those things where uh, you can tell you're getting into an RPG when you're actually excited for the battles, you're running into them rather than trying to just grind for experience points. Yeah, and I was excited to fight, and you have all these characters that have different uh, different abilities. But it's it's a lot of fun, and it was genuinely funny, and you know, it was great. Nice.
2: Uh, my number four game uh, is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Um, I think it is a Phenomenal phenomenal game uh, is probably some of the most intense game playing I've had in a while. Uh, the just emotional reaction that you get from playing, from hiding in a shack for 20 minutes and then going, I hear footsteps outside mm-hmm. and I've got like a shotgun and a revolver and this dude's probably kitted out because it's been 20 minutes and he's been looting for 20 minutes and then just like swinging the door open and you hear the footsteps stop and you just like slowly creep out and you just like... You see, he's watching the wrong shack, and you're like, "Oh shit!"
0: I'm, got intent- drop on him. I'm getting tense just hearing about it. It's super fun to
2: watch. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's just a, a an incredibly fun game. Uh, it's only number four on my list because it is, it is janky as shit. Yeah, there are so it. many. Not even to mention like the hacker problem, but uh, th- there's so many problems with it as far as like how it runs, like the frame rate, and just you know when you. I saw a funny comic the other day, web comic. Uh, because loot is in piles, just that's just how like the table works, and so you know you'll walk in there'll be like a shirt because you can like change your appearance as you go. Um, I guess the idea was that so that you could be playing, someone would be chasing that guy in the black coat, and then you change into like a red shirt, but no one does that. But right. um, but there'll be like a shirt, a shotgun, and some ammo, and some healing, and like you run in to like go get that shotgun, and you accidentally pick up a shirt, and it's like one of those things that takes a realistic shooter out of realism. Like you run in to go grab the bullets, and you're just like, "I got it." And then you're wearing a shirt instead of having more bullets. Um, I also didn't have the community thing that I know has driven it to the top of a lot of video game people's lists. Um, you know, no one I know really plays online shooters, so it's been me solo playing normally in squads with Chinese players, um, which is which is fine. I mean, they still point their guns in the right direction and shoot. But
0: uh, it seems like the best way to play it is with like a uh, uh, chat with your buddies. Yeah. I will say of the games I played on on my list, it's probably some that I played less hours than I've watched PUBG. Yeah, like especially like the uh, the the Polygon Awful Squad stuff. Yep. I watched a ton of that.
2: Yeah, I watched a lot of uh, the Murder Island stuff and on Giant Bomb. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: yeah, I've I've watched a lot of PUBG. uh played it and it's it's a lot of fun, but it's only number four because it's a little a little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. And my top three are just. Super polished.
0: Uh, so that's my number three now? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three also didn't come out this year. That'll be the trend for the rest of my picks. All right. Um, it's a personal one. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. Not the best game, but it's a nice return to form after 13 was so disappointing.
2: That game also came out, like, December 20th mm-hmm. last year. So I also played... The bulk of my Final Fantasy 15 playing was in 2017 also. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't December 20th. I don't remember when. But it was late in the year that it came out.
0: It's another thing. The story is is pretty garbage. I can I can follow it enough. The characters, it's like a little boy band. Um, but at the same point, the end actually made me emotional. It has, it has an actual great ending. And same thing for South Park is that I actually got excited to be in battles because that was the most fun I had in the game. Yeah, and the the end end game stuff is fun. Story, it's emotional and it's pretty fun to play. And I'm I'm just a Final Fantasy person. Yeah, I was gonna say
1: I will say about. Final Fantasy 15. I uh, got to uh, since you know, Chris has moved over into my neighborhood, the girls will do stuff, and I'll spend a lot of time just watching them dick around with video games. That game looked and sounded so cheesy to me. I've never watched Final Fantasy the game be played. I've probably watched Chris play that game for three hours, which is you know at least two hours more than I've ever seen any other game. But are they all that like fantastical in
0: that way? In different ways. There's different expressions of that level of fantasticism
2: yeah um, not all of them are th- this
0: like that modern and that much like okay I think that's what I kind
1: of did it it was like the like you said the boy band riding around in a convertible in the desert yeah like, it was just kind of eye at times oh
0: yeah
2: it's it's super eye
0: yeah 13 is more futuristic looking 12 is more classical medieval um, 10 is just it's own thing
2: yeah
0: <laughs> it invents it's own sport and it's like a I don't even know how you would you describe it? Nines medieval. They, they bounce all over. Okay.
2: Yeah. They. So this it, one just went full emo though. It, yeah. <laughs> okay. It also was it was a, a, a tonal shift from thirteen. Thirteen was we, we skipped fourteen since the MMO, which bombed, right? Like as much as a Final Fantasy game could bomb. At, at first. Well, which one? Fourteen. Thirteen. Thirteen didn't do well and isn't a critical favorite because of some design decisions they made. They made okay. it super linear, and most Final Fantasy games open up at a certain point, and okay. when it opens up, it's too late for most fans. But 13 was, was so serious. Like, from, from the jump. There's no levity. It's all about, like, you know, your family was turned into crystals and they're going to die and you need to stop that from happening. And...
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, why am I... I like
2: am explaining hashtags to an 80-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. It's like, why am I
0: buying potions? My family's about to die.
2: <laughs> but yeah, and then, so, so it was... More soup. It was nice that, that 15 <laughs> struck a balance. Okay. Um, Between the seriousness and...
0: Yeah, you get the levity and some of the, you know, it's fun to be in camp and people repeat dialogue, but like cook food and all the buddies are there. Best part is the brothership of those four that really gets rewarded if you finish the game. Made me a little teary-eyed, which is a weird thing to say about that game, (laughs) going into it.
2: (laughs) Cool. My number three is, uh, and this would have been a different list uh, before Christmas, is Cuphead. Nice. Nice. Just a, I heard uh, a guy, uh, Ben Pack on the uh, a Giant Bomb call it a perfect video game. It is just really tightly put together. It seemed it like is. the perfect video game for gamers. Yeah. It also looked, like I never, I did click around
1: on it a little bit. Like yeah. For somebody who doesn't play a lot of video games, especially that, that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the platformer Bullet hell. Oh, bullet hell, that's yeah. what I was thinking of.
2: Uh, holy shit, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. It's it's really tough. Uh, I love. I mean, this this like the the soundtrack to this game was in the uh, Billboard Jazz Top Ten when it came out. The soundtrack was cool. The soundtrack it's was really beautiful, beautiful game too. Yeah, just gorgeous, super fitting. Uh, you know, and also degree of difficulty. These are two guys who I'm pretty sure like started a studio to make this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just two brothers who are just like we're gonna do it, and then just fucking did it. Um, you know, there was a lot of hype around it, and it's one of the few games that just, like, nailed it. I'm trying to think of why it's number three and not higher, other than just the strength of the other two games.
0: It's just... Wasn't the experience a little limited? You basically, like, either go in for a side-scroller or you go into a boss fight. That's pretty much it, right?
2: It is, but the boss fights are varied enough. Like, it's ne- it's never stand in the spot where you can stand and shoot the boss. There's There's enough variability in the encounters... That each boss you are excited to see how different it is, and it really mm-hmm. is. I mean, there's a boss that you fight that is a like stereotypical like World War One German mouse who drives around uh, in like a like scrap built tank. And as you're playing through that boss fight, like he kind of goes through two different phases of like the tank doing crazier shit. And then the final phase of the boss fight is the cat breaks through the wall, and then you fight the cat at like this is the last part of the boss <laughs> fight.
0: Um, yeah, the progression is really imaginative from what I what I saw. Yeah, really creative. I mean
2: there's there's the ones that are, you know, like the sunflower where like the sunflower is always on the right side of the screen and just has attacks like mm-hmm. vary, but you know, then you get the king dice fight which is, you know, you're you're playing dice and depending on what you roll, you land on a spot on like a, a table and then you fight the boss of the number that you landed on. And if you go through and you roll threes, you make it all the way across and you roll the wrong number, you can land on a square that says start over. <laughs> and you don't get new health, you don't get anything, you start the whole thing over. Wow. So, there's there's enough variability. Uh, it, is, it is a great game. It's, uh, you know, I, I wish there were more. Um, I wish I didn't have to wait, probably, like the development cycle for that was like six years. Yeah. I hope I don't have to wait that long. Yeah, I think after,
0: after the success of that, they can probably hire Some whoever manometers. they want now yeah, the to help. A whole fleet of animators. Well, my number two is is pretentious. It's the video game as kind of like a mood. We're, I like we're ranking going back video to. games and movies. We're pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's the video game as a, a mood I keep returning back to of like kind of Zen and peace, and it's Stardew Valley for me. Nice. It's like a farming sim that is just so much deeper than that. It's a, it's like a video game about building community you know, slowly.
2: You're, yeah, you're like the, the, the middle line quest is literally revitalizing the community center. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could have sold it out to be a big box Walmart store. Yep. Which nobody did because they're not heartless bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, it's something that I've I've now restarted it several times. I've put, you know, hundreds of hours into it. And a lot of it is just like uh, I'll, I won't play it for a couple of days. It's like, oh, that that's a really peaceful thing after a long day. Mm-hmm. And I'll just do... It's like a day-night cycle. Just do one day and my character will go to sleep and I'll just like, all right, that's enough. Because I've already done so much in it. I've restarted it. You can start with a bunch of different farms. I'm actually like trying out all of them to the end. And it's just really, it's not the most fun because a lot of it's like work. You're like tilling soil is repetitive and you can get into, you know, more efficient ways to do it. But it's definitely the most peaceful game I've played all year. Yeah,
2: there's got to be days where you wake up and you go, oh, i got to clear all the rocks from the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's true. you know, like you, you give yourself chores mm-hmm. because that's just what you do.
0: It's even a little stressful at first, but like the whole game is about removing layers of anxiety and making things easier and, you know, for your character. You know, your auto-watering sprinklers, when you do that, it just, like, opens up the game that, okay, now I can do other stuff. I can talk to townspeople. Until that, you spend, like, an entire day, like, watering these crops by hand. Right. So, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Okay. Uh,
2: my number two is, uh, I said Christmas influences because it is a Switch game. It's uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, number two. Number two. Uh, it is a fantastic game. I've playing it until 4 a.m., This morning, I guess, Um, just the the amount of exploration and the things that you can do um, in the game are incredible. There's if you can think of a way to solve a puzzle and it's not their intended way, try it, and normally you can do it. Um, I've come across an area where there's a lot of kind of like wiring puzzles where there will be like live electricity going to like a conduit. And you're supposed to use these, like, metal barrels and metal boxes to kind of, like, cr- like create the circuit mm-hmm. um, to open a door. Um, but you can also just use, like, if you have a metal shield on your back, you can take off the metal shield and drop mm-hmm. it on the ground to, to close the circuit.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: stuff like that or like, you know, they want you to equip a certain armor that you get uh, from the Zora domain so that you can swim up waterfalls. Mm-hmm. But you can also make pillars on water of ice. And if you want to, you can just climb up, just making pillars of ice all the way up. And your your reward is so incremental that the reward really is trying a strategy to solve a puzzle and it working, is the feeling you get from that. It's not the spirit orb, which you can cash in when you have four for like a heart piece or more stamina. Or... <clears throat> A core seed, which you can turn in when you have a certain amount for more storage space for like swords, shields, or bows. It's like, you know, you're on the top of a mountain and there are three snowballs there, and you read in a book that says cast a cold shadow and open the gate to a temple. And you roll around a snowball till it turns into a big boulder, and then you wait until 5 p.m. when like it when the sun is behind you and it's casting the shadow on this platform, and then this like temple erupts out of the ground. And you're like, holy shit! Like I was fucking around and I was like maybe this is what they mean but like you could have done it by shooting ice arrows at it you could have gotten like a blizzard wand and like Mm -hmm. shot ice at it but that's just like the low resource way I tried to do it because it was like the shadows were almost lined up and I was like hey let's give it a shot and it worked Um, so that sense of exploration that has been just endemic to Legend of Zelda games is still present here
0: I feel like Nintendo used to have a finitely curated experience that they would build in games, and you would experience, and it was joyful, and it was great. Now I think they're really embracing uh, creative experiences for finding your own joy in games. It's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah, I think think it it was somewhere around Super Mario Maker, where (laughs) they realized, like, fans are going to have their best experiences when they make it personal, and... You know the the top two games of, of my list are Nintendo games that felt really personal. You know it's 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 great to be a Nintendo fan now when it looks like they're really letting developers who haven't had a shot take a shot. Um, not that we're into breezy, but you know the new Nintendo Direct came out and the new Kirby game looks great and it's four player co-op and fun. like you know new Mario Tennis game
0: if it lives up to the hype. Like they're, Not just that, but they're also porting indie games onto the Switch. Yeah. Which, I'm, you know, the, the Wii and Wii U used to be closed shop stuff. Yeah. No You're, third party.
2: You were talking about Stardew Valley. I'm honestly waiting until I buy it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Because that's the kind of game that... Because the way I play Breath of the Wild is, like, I'll get home from work, like, lay down on the couch, play it for an hour, put it down, do whatever I need to do, and then right before bed I'll pick it up and I'll play for hopefully an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like through my side quests just knock a bunch out indie game like hollow knight which is going to be released on the switch later and like stardew valley is perfect for it Mm -hmm. breath of the wild my number two game
1: how about nintendo making it personable that's interesting because i always thought that we kind of did that a lot when it it started
2: yeah and it's weird because nintendo has always been accused of of like taking the same franchises and and, and recreating them year after year sure like New console, what's what's Nintendo gonna do? There's gonna be a Mario Kart, there's gonna be a Super Mario game, there's gonna be a Legend of Zelda game. Like, you know, you they have these these building blocks that they've had in their storeroom for years and years and years. And through the GameCube and the Wii and the Wii U, they just like keep like slotting those blocks back in. And now it seems like they're they've changed those blocks and like rotated them or carved them away so they fit in more varied ways.
0: Took some gambles
2: on some of their sure shots. I mean, they completely changed what it means for an open world game, for developers now, uh, with Breath of the Wild, and what a Zelda game is. Like, there's no temples. There's no, like, linearity. Like, the story is something that you have to discover. If you don't want to engage in the story at all in Breath of the Wild, you don't have to. Yeah. You have to go hunt it out to find context to, like, why people, like, think of you as the chosen one why you were asleep for a hundred years after dying
1: and then good on them if they are like you said kind of rotating those blocks or whatever because the same time where they where they make a Mario game for every system they're always good yeah. Zelda games are always good I mean what's the worst Mario game like Sunshine maybe yeah so you know and after that you're at like 64 or something which is a great game
0: anyway my number one I'm not going to talk a lot about it it was one of the first things I talked about on season one near the pilot of Talkie Talk. And it's kind of a a transition thing that Persona 5 will probably be my number one next year, but I didn't play it this year, really. It was so intimidating because I put over, like, 150 hours into Persona 3, which came out, like, five years ago. (laughs) As a a mobile game, you know, it's probably my favorite one I've ever played. And I just really love the... I just really just love it. It's, It's not even... I don't think I can engineer it to be the the best, but it just was. It's just a great experience. Fun, huh. procedurally generated dungeons, and it's just a bunch of stuff on top of each other. You know, you grow your fleet of persona you can summon. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is actually engaging. Characters are fun. There's the great romance thing and friendship thing. You build friendships and romances, and all of it just nails every part. But I've also talked about it on the podcast a good bit. Yeah. Sounds fun though. So my number one from five years ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, my number one from this year's ago. Yeah, well, it is Super Mario Odyssey. Yes. Oh, um, I did talk about it last week, but just to say, just really quickly, it's just brilliantly reverent with the previous. It, it's I've never played a Mario game that's been so backward looking um, with the history of Mario. It's 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 nostalgia, but not in a way that. Um, mocks you or takes advantage of it. Um, it is really hard earned. It's as innovative as like Mario Galaxy, Mario sixty four, Mario sixty four, which was like, hey, we're three dimensional now. Uh, and even like Super Mario three. Um, it's just it's incredible. The capture mechanic. There's 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 nothing that if you see something in the world that doesn't already have a hat on, you can throw your hat at it and you might be able to be it. Like you go down in, like, one of the first levels, and there's, like, a tree in the corner. And most trees you can climb. This one you can't for some reason. You throw your hat at it, you can be a tree. What can the tree do? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) But you can be one It's not the point. There's, in the Luncheon Kingdom, there's a giant thing of meat, and uh, the whole time people are talking about, like, hey, that bird's going to steal our meat. Like, we need to get the meat in the stew. Like, like someone's got to go fight that bird off. You climb up, and you throw your hat at the meat, and there's an NPC nearby who says, like, you know, well, the... Like, the bird's not going to take the meat if it's not enticed by it. So when you throw your hat at the meat and you become meat, your action that you can do is, like, wiggle. So you sit there and you wiggle as meat until, like, you seduce this cartoon bird. And it comes and grabs you and puts you in the stew, and then you have the boss battle with the bird. Nice. Like, it's just, it's just fucking strange. Um, <laughs> but it's really rewarding. There's plenty of difficulty um, in the late game and for the extra moons. And it's just incredibly enjoyable. Um, it's a game for all skill levels, and I just think it's phenomenal. Gave me uh, goosebumps a couple times at some of the callbacks that it did. Oh,
0: cool.
2: As a, as a Nintendo kid. Fun. Sweet. Sweet. Super Mario Odyssey, my number one. Is there any TV? I, I made. L- I've
0: literally out, uh,
3: just uh, made mine while he was talking about Super Mario Odyssey. Or TV? <laughs> I made a top five. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll, I got top I'll five. bow out of TV at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, David, what you got? We'll go quick.
0: Uh, number five... Um, from 2017, I'm going to go with uh, Legion. Legion. I think it's, nice. it's getting left out of uh, some TV critics' top ten lists, but at its peak, it was one of the most fun shows i watched the entire year. The Bolero se- sequence, it has like a lot of the, some of my favorite scenes of the entire year on TV. Bolero sequence. Um, the um, silent film bad guy at the, at the end of the show. Um, it was just a very great... Experience how the show uh, kind of uncoiled too. How it's really impenetrable at first, and then uh, I guess it was penetrable later. <laughs> <laughs> no, it kind of like blossomed into just like, oh, it un- uncovered its kind of craziness. And it was a lot of fun. It was the really funny and really uh, suspenseful, and I just really enjoyed it.
3: Nice. I did not see Legion. There's a lot. I, I feel like I'm. I should preface this by saying I didn't watch a lot of TV this year. I felt like it was an off year for me, mostly because I got wrapped up in a lot of movie watching because of the podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are a lot of great shows from this year that I did not complete. Like, uh, for example, Handmaid's Tale. I'm not going to make my list because I didn't finish it. It's been a great few years for TV, so I mm-hmm. feel like I'm way behind. But. Number five on my list because I think they had a strong spring and a fairly strong fall. I'm going with Survivor. Survivor uh, <laughs> was an entertaining uh, 2017 for Survivor. Game Changers was a pretty fun se- uh, season with a satisfying winner and uh, Heroes versus Hustlers versus Helpers. Halfway. I don't know. <laughs> this was a was a dumb theme, but wound up being a very entertaining season because it did a better job than normal <laughs> of I think uh, isolating good players at the end of the game, and sure. I think it weeded out a lot of the worst players early, which doesn't always happen on Survivor. Usually you're angry that so-and-so has made it into the final five, six, or seven, and that didn't happen for me this year. I thought it was a very, fairly even-matched final six. Yeah, and even,
2: like, Ryan was the worst player in that last one Yeah, he was His strength was going to be, like, in the final three, right? mm-hmm.
3: getting the talk. And uh, I think I had some issues, I think, with with the way the final few episodes played out. Like, yeah, it's a very common uh, complaint this year that there's just too many idols. And I think that's definitely the case. But it was entertaining as hell. And, yeah, yeah, it's also always nice to see the jury not be super bitter at the end. And they rewarded the, I think, correct person by uh, letting Ben win. So Survivor had a strong year, I
0: think. Nice. nice. My number four is. Uh, I didn't know if TJ had one. Nope. My number four is a show that keeps uh, getting more interesting. The more keeps getting interesting. The more episodes that happen. It keeps resetting and keeps like uncoiling again. Is the Good Place. Yeah. My number four. I think your
3: reviews have partially been reason for that. My wife has started watching that show and she loves it. Also.
1: I dropped all the first few episodes I was like oh Ashley's gonna love this shit I told her about it early
2: (laughs) it was TJ's review who was like I think somebody called it the the S-Town of TV shows and I was like oh I'm in
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it's like season one you first start watching it and it's a fun comedy and then it ends and it's like oh this is a whole other thing the same thing happened with season two. It's like, I, I still have no idea how they keep making new episodes. Yeah, I was
1: really happy they went the direction they did go in season two.
0: Yeah, and the the end of season two just happened. I know it's 2018 stuff, but yeah. it uh, leaves it in a place where I'm excited where it's going to go next season two. And the whole cast is great. Ted Danson
1: is brilliant.
0: Yeah. he's nice He's shot. incredible, and it's great to have a... Showcase for him to be in a comedy again. Yeah,
3: I feel like at this point we should never doubt Michael Schur again because, like, I mean, when when this show was announced, I, I think I was not alone in thinking like, Ugh, "Is this gonna be? Is this gonna be good?" But just, this is the guy who wrote the best seasons of The Office. He wrote all of Parks and Rec. Yeah, and Brooklyn Nine Nine.
0: Co-created Brooklyn Nine Nine.
3: This guy is pretty good at comedy He's by bold. now. We should just yeah. trust him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: It's a great pick. Number four for me is uh, a show that I actually had to come back to because I wasn't thrilled with the first episode, but after I gave it a second shot and watched the full season, I actually really, really enjoyed American Gods uh, on Stars, and I thought that was a a very fun season, Uh, a lot of WTF moments throughout the the season, and uh, it left me... Really, really looking forward to the next season, which I think is is important for a show like that. Who knows what's that gonna, what that's going to be like and uh, whether that will ultimately satisfy or not, but uh, I really enjoyed the experience because it was unlike most other things I've watched on TV in recent years.
2: Nice. It is a rough couple opening episodes, though. Yeah. You've got to push through that.
0: Yes. My number three is uh, Mindhunter. Oh. It's a show that I, I kind of started up, did some episodes, and then uh, I think it has a great finish to it as well. It is uh, some of the darkest things I've probably watched the entire year, if you really you know, delve into the, the cases and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it does a great job of understanding how that impacts the people that are doing that kind of stuff. More than like some procedural stuff where you know Merska you know does like four hundred rapes. <laughs> it's just, right. I don't. I don't watch that show. I can't really talk about it. But. Phrasing. Nope. <laughs> does. She's the rape
1: champion. Ew. Gosh. Um, <laughs>
3: we're just here to set a new tone for 2018.
1: Oh, man. Uh, no, I do. I do. On a serious note, agree. It was super realistic, almost to a fault at times. Yeah. But, but really
0: in delving so deep into this dark stuff, really, uh, I was surprised how much of the human element was there in a David Fincher show, because he's so obsessed with the process, and I love that part of it, the same thing I love about Zodiac and some of his other stuff. I think it really, uh, it's great, you see uh, you see the, um, the veteran cop with his wife, what it's doing to them, you see what it's doing to the department, and what it does to our main character, how he's, you know, fundamentally different from episode one
3: that's true i'll tell you the reason it didn't make my top five i didn't realize we might be doing a tv list until about eight nine minutes ago and i forgot that i watched mindhunter <laughs> it's a really good show Fair enough. if i could go back and alter my list i'd probably keep survivor at five i might switch out mindhunter for american gods at four <laughs> that's what i might do but I threw mine together in a hurry. So Mindhunter is Brent's honorable mention. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, my number three, I'm sticking with Netflix. Number three, I'm going with uh, Stranger Things Season 2. Um, you didn't like Stranger
0: Things? You thought you were going to go somewhere else. Yeah.
3: Um, Stranger Things Season 2, I thought, was was just a hell of a lot of fun. Just really more of really good stuff. I have my problems with the episode that people most commonly have problems with, yep. but beyond that, I still had eight other good episodes of TV that were a lot of fun, and so I really enjoyed season two.
1: Yeah. Kind of echoed my sentiment with A uh, Good Place in Ted and too. Like, the whole cast is really good.
2: David Harbour was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> David <laughs> mm-hmm. Harbour and Sean Astin to me our standouts. Sean Astin mm-hmm. was really
0: good. Yeah. Bob the Brain.
2: Yeah. I still love, I forgot whose joke it was, probably Seth Meyers. That Stranger Things 2 was also a lot like his childhood. Not in the way with all the upside down and the fantasy and the side by stuff, but the way that some guy from Radio Shack married his mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or dated his mom. Nice.
0: My number two is a show that no one here watches. We're going to spend too much time on it other than a plea to get you guys to watch it. Once we're done, the the movie race for a quick second is uh, Halt and Catch Fire. It, the huh. series ended this uh, this year. And it was again a super emotional thing that really pays off. Spending, you know, multiple years with ca- your characters really treats them well. Doesn't shock you with, you know, characters abruptly leaving. Okay, so there's a character who passes away. <laughs> I'll, I'll give that away. It really, the show really grieves with it you just th- this it. year. I'm just gonna sit there from- for the one who dies. I want
1: death-free TV. <laughs> I haven't started that show because I don't want to be disappointed when it's not two cop buddies named like. Jimmy Holt, Johnny Ketch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, fire's the criminal they got to catch.
3: <laughs> I've heard that show has kind of an uneven first season, but gets just better and better and better.
0: It's another show in transition season to season. It's a show that really understands what's great about it. Every Every season kind of fine-tunes so that it's more singularly focused about that until the last season really just is delivering. Every episode is like pure... Uh, computer coding. Computer coding. <laughs> computer coding designed to get me, you know, pure joy and great narrative development for characters I really love. Characters you don't, I don't, didn't expect to love. Uh, when I first started it out, it's kind of like life, guys.
1: Is it a half hour, or an hour?
0: It's an hour. Okay. The first couple of seasons are on Netflix. Um, I'm sure this last season will end up there. Yeah, first. I mean, the first season is kind of a Mad Men clone about. Uh, Computing in Texas, mm-hmm. in what they called the Silicon yep. Prairie, because Texas Instruments was there. Yeah, he did a good job of selling that
1: first season. I remember mm-hmm. a year or so ago. But I then I'll give a go at some point. After that,
0: it it really uh, um, revolutionizes itself every season. Cool.
3: So it's a lot of fun. My number two is uh, my favorite mystery show of the year. It's called American Vandal on Netflix, <laughs> and That's, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it was the most. It was a surprising show to me. In the same way that Stranger Things really surprised a lot of people in 2016. Like, it was mm-hmm. this show that didn't have a lot of attention before it just popped up on Netflix. American Vandal is kind of the same way. And I think I would have glossed over it if I had not started seeing good reviews and hearing good things about it. But, man, it was the funniest show I watched all year. And it was the... It wound up being a really poignant show about, like, uh, what happens when secrets get outed in high school and whatnot and the effects of 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 things like that public persecution right
1: like past haunting you yeah, yeah. It's your your image um yeah i mean i remember seeing the trailer for it with yeah. y'all and giggling about it in like february and then saw it and immediately went to the tv group on facebook i was like oh i thought this was just gonna be dumb but i started it like one one day at the office and finished it that day
2: it was really good have you guys gone to the way back boys tv uh youtube channel I have not. That's amazing. That's... So you can go watch Baby Farting Part 2 on that. <laughs>
1: yes. um, and I was super excited to see uh, Jimmy Tatcher, who plays Dylan, the class clown, mm-hmm. main character of the, the mockumentary in the show, uh, or the documentary in the show. I uh, got nominated for Best Actor in a Limited Series at the Critics' Choice Awards. It's fantastic. And, yeah. yeah.
0: It's cool. That's one thing in on my list. You know, there's caveats, a bunch of stuff I haven't seen. I still have only seen the first episode, which. It, you know, was was a nothing for me. Yeah, it was,
2: the first episode is pure comedy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, whatever we put it on. Um, I really want to go back after hearing what you guys have said about and it. I just haven't had, I just didn't t- haven't taken the time yet. And it's outside of
1: us for anybody listening. Like, uh, a bunch of our friends have went and seen it and all loved it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely worth a watch. It's also, I think it's eight episodes and 30 minutes
3: each. Yes, I knocked it out in uh, yeah, yeah. a weekend. Yeah, yeah. We, we ripped through it on like a Sunday. Yeah. Especially once you delve deep into the mystery and you start like... You can't You stop. start putting the mystery together yourself yeah. and you really want to see how it unfolds. It is a, it is
2: a whodunit that yeah. you don't expect it's going to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, I'm glad make made your list. I'm
3: going to guess that we have the same number one, but you go ahead. I think I've got David's. 60 minutes.
0: i got David's too. <laughs> Another strong year for 60
3: Minutes. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're called the Talkie Talk Podcast because we're from the era of talkies. <laughs> we called the movies talkies.
0: Yeah, My my number one was highly anticipated HBO Sunday um, thing that had a lot of recap culture with it. It's The Leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> In nice. a year, I probably expected The Game of Thrones to be that show after last year was so strong. you know, didn't crack my top ten, I don't think. But it was The Leftovers, and it was so incredible. Um, Uh, It was a
3: better season than Game of Thrones had, in my opinion. Game of Thrones had some great moments this season, but just uh, so much of the season was so dumb for me. Like, some of the decisions were so just Mm head-scratching that... I also left it off my list and The Leftovers was
2: my number one show. Too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it was is it, it and Survivor are like the two TV shows of the, of the cast also. because mm-hmm. yeah. uh Those were the two that we kind of stopped everything to make sure that we were ready to talk about both of them. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even really do that with Game of Thrones. And I, I don't
1: I don't. We, we planned on doing that with Game of Thrones I don't fault Game too. of Thrones for that as much. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's more just like the anticipation is kind of kind of over it. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch it now. It's great television. Yeah. Don't get me wrong but I'm just kind of like it's like a thing I do now. I watch Game of Thrones, and now I know more, and yeah. I go to sleep. You know how,
3: like, when you read a really good book and you get to, like, the last three chapters, that's sort of, even if it's still part of the climax, it's still not quite as good as the, as the middle yeah. section yeah. where you're wondering, like what's going to happen right. it's when you start to realize this is going to happen it's not as fun right. it's still it's still fun and it's still fun watching all this stuff play out but sure. very little about this season of game of thrones surprised
2: me yeah if martin skipped winds of winter and released dream of or dream of spring forget it was called yeah. i would skip reading winds of winter and just read the the fine the finale because um, I likewise think that this falling action that's been happening after all of the multiple climaxes is just, like, really rote.
3: And the main thrill of it these days is just the the really impressive action sequences. I was say, it's together. lost a lot of that, like, oh,
1: it's a movie on TV. Yeah. you know,
3: mm-hmm. Especially since so many of the TV
2: shows are doing such, such a great job at right. it. Right. And they weren't during season three, you right. know what I
1: mean, the Game of Thrones, but...
0: No. So there you have it. Our but, number one is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> I feel like that's all we're talking about. Yeah. No, The Leftovers was... Also, uh... We also spent every week talking about Leftovers and had a big chat. When yeah, that's
3: fun. All I'll say is like, in for The Leftovers is that it was one of the most strange seasons of TV that I've ever seen. Just mm-hmm. in the fact that they just went for it 100% of the time. Like they, they did not ever question. Nobody ever bought into the question, is this too weird? Like, at all. Yeah, the most
0: poignant Wu-Tang tattoo I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Just so many, like, weird little sequences. One of, like, the funniest jokes at the end of a episode was, like, the the lion on the There's boat. There's the guy I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. He's
3: getting eaten by a lion.
0: Just out of context, not funny, but in context, I just gut laughed at the end of yeah. the I mean, I got laughed
3: at the Perfect Strangers theme song for that episode, which, in a in a very heavy drama about grief, to go for a cheap laugh with by using another TV show's theme song is just (sighs) fucking brilliant and so out there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's like you know I have my problems with the first season. I can't wait to go back and rewatch it all now, but the second season they really embrace that a part of grief is humor. It's just like the, the black comedy of it. That's mm-hmm. the stuff you crave. I thought it really incorporated that really well. And that in this final season, along with the experimentalism and the genuine character arcs you see, you know, it's the best of the year. The rest of the stuff took me a while, but I didn't even really think about my number one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. So I, I called a shot. Um, I said... That your number one was gonna be Fargo. Hmm. I thought you would have put season three of Fargo on your list. No,
0: just a little outside. Yeah. For me. Um love some of the characters. Wasn't wasn't some of the best TV though. Okay. So without further ado, do I wanna do the worst of twenty seventeen? You don't wanna do this in the same
1: style. I mean, or? I don't have worst video game or, or worst uh, T V even. Well we can move to
3: movies. Because
2: I do a pretty good job of avoiding bad TV. I feel like bad that's TV, pretty easy to do. Bad TV and bad video games are an investment, like movies aren't. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to sit down and play a bad video game for the full 10, 12, 14 hour experience, same with a TV show, but, like, if you've got 90 minutes and you sit down and your eyes get assaulted by a shitty movie, you walk away going, man, that movie was shitty, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, not angry at life, it's, though. It's not like yeah. a good chunk of one of the few days you have left on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Y'all just want everybody to do their top
1: five, or do you bottom five, or do y'all want to?
3: Let's just hear each person's individual top five, or bottom five. Well, I'll go first. My bottom
1: five. Number five is the uh, found footage movie. I read an article about it on the website. Talked about it a little bit. Uh, The Phoenix Forgotten. Yep. Yep. Dodge that piece of shit. Number four is the... uh, (laughs) In a year where Stephen King adaptations were really good. Number four is The Dark Tower. Uh, Only four. Dodge that piece of shit. Oh. (laughs) These are all clearly worse than The Dark Tower. (laughs) Uh, Number three is... uh, The movie's Chips. Oh, from the show, Dak Michael Shepard. Pena and Deck Shepard. Yeah, Michael Pena and Dak Shepherd. Shepard. Um, just god fucking awful. Uh, number two, the movie <laughs> that I made. <laughs> There's nothing to the say about these movies except they fucking suck. Yeah, yeah. we've uh, talked about a lot of these on the podcast. Yeah, anymore, number too. two made one of my favorite actors of all time. Just made me not like him. Uh, Michael Keaton in American Assassin was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> Number two, and number one, clearly the worst movie of the year for me. Uh, I wrote an article about it on the website. I was trying to find a quote from that article. Oh, yeah, it's the one about how the the best man uh, was like, I tried to find you, man, but your cell phone was dead. So he just stopped looking. Uh the, the Marlon Way's Netflix movie, Naked. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is awful.
2: Definitely, if you have to pick one to not watch,
1: <laughs> don't watch Naked.
2: I, 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 I want to run through mine real quick. I've talked about all of these on the podcast or written something about it. Um, The fifth worst movie of the year that I watched was The Emoji Movie. It is defensive in every way um, and tries to capitalize on millennial nature in a way that is dumbfounding. Uh, Number four is Geostorm. Uh, A movie with a lot of geo and a lot of storm, but not a lot of Geostorm. (laughs) Uh, number three also makes my top five. It is The Dark Tower. Nice. I thought it was offensive in every way, and really ridiculed the viewer. Um, number two is The Circle. Um, the anticipation alone made. Uh, that enough. Yeah, that was the, the high point of the movie. Is getting excited to watch it. Um, and my worst movie of the year is Fifty Shades grayer whatever the fuck <laughs> it's called <laughs> Fifty Shades darker uh, just an abysmal fucking movie made for nobody uh, I'm getting anxious and infuriated the more that I see trailers for Fifty Shades freed we're all gonna be freed though Are you <sighs> excited God.
3: good evening Mrs. Gray
0: mm. <laughs> one of the taglines for it too that I saw is like wait for the climax yeah oh my god I saw that on the poster <laughs> it fucking pissed me off so bad
3: I'll go next uh, my fifth worst movie of the year, uh, which, I, first off, I should say, mine and David's list are going to be probably just, we're not going to have quite as many like h- horrible movies. My number
0: five I don't really hate. <laughs>
3: yeah. I actually did find four movies I just despise, but number five was just a movie that just didn't live up to it for me, and that was Shimmer Lake from mm-hmm. uh, from Netflix, which was a, a homework pick for the podcast one mm-hmm. week. and uh, Before Chris's Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> before the Mr. Nobody happened. <laughs> um it was just a disappointing movie that just didn't have a lot going for it as all. Number 4 for me is 50 Shades Darker it was oh. uh a I thought an improvement on 50 Shades of Grey. <laughs> I thought the chemistry between the two leads was better, which made it result in only being a steaming pile of garbage. Uh, number 3, The Dark Tower. Also offensive <laughs> in every single manner it seemed. Uh Number two, The Mm -hmm. Mummy. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That is just... I I rarely get the chance to laugh out loud at a movie's dialogue in the theater. Heartily. (laughs) The Mummy
1: mummy was number six for me. Favorite part about The Mummy is uh, the best monster in it is not The Mummy. (laughs) It's
2: it's Mr. Hyde.
3: (laughs) Also, I'm still not clear on who The Mummy is in the movie The Mummy. Uh, And uh, number one was the only movie I couldn't get through this year because of Brad Pitt's accent. It's War Machine from Netflix, which, yeah,
2: it was unwatchable.
0: A movie you guys somehow managed to avoid? Don't mention it. We're going to talk about it at the
2: end. Okay. (laughs) Um, I do want to put an asterisk on my list. My number six would have been Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Mm. It is now available on HBO for you to watch. Uh, Take a plunge. (laughs) (laughs) It is rough. Oh, nice wording.
3: I like that.
0: David mine is going to be sponsored by Netflix. Yeah, okay. I just realized every single one of them was a Netflix original with like so much content they're trying to pump out it doesn't really matter if they're good or not so good job Netflix these came out.
2: I pulled my punches on Netflix just to say yeah. Reality High is a fucking garbage movie <laughs> but it didn't have the budget or the acting talent that Geo Storm It never should have <laughs> been okay. Right, right. right.
0: Yeah. And again this was a year I didn't catch as many movies in the theater. Yeah, I'm just starting to catch the stuff that's on demand and renting the stuff, but uh, number five, uh, The Babysitter. Yeah, it had its moments, but it just wasn't that great. And you watched a lot of, you just watched good movies. Yeah. Like yeah. And no. also, like, uh, my recurring thing in the podcast is. is I listen to you guys. you yeah. <laughs> say a movie's not that great. I
1: usually don't watch it. No, if somebody says a movie's not good, I was like, find out for myself. Fuck what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number four would be Shimmer Lake as well. There are parts of it that are enjoyable, but again, you the know, credits. It is probably the most neutral movie ever made. Um, <laughs> number three is Death Note. Uh, oh. I just really did not. That's we're getting into the things I did not like. Yeah. I did not like that movie. I did not like it, Sam. <laughs> I would not watch it on a boat. Uh, yeah, I guess watch, watch any other interpretation would be my uh, review. Uh, number two, Small Crimes. Gosh. Big Hate. Yeah. <laughs> God. My little Gene Shalit takes. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. Small Crimes. Talk about big hate. But, uh, yeah, this movie sucks. And number one, uh, it's been my number one the entire year. Um, I was actually excited to see it. great pedigree. Uh, I finished it, and uh, I'm very base of you. It is war machine. Oh, nice. <laughs> war machine with a bullet to the head.
1: Uh,
2: but what, what I will say is, 20 uh, spots between the four of us. You know what movies? I aren't... know what's not on there. <laughs> yep. The Great, the great Wall. Wall. Yeah. It
3: did not make anybody's bottom five. <laughs> wow! I keep a well, running. I didn't, I didn't a, see it though. I keep a running <laughs> bottom ten
1: and top ten throughout the year. Uh, is Great Wall of the line? Great Wall is number eight. <laughs> oh my worst movie. Uh, Power Rangers oh. was
2: seven. The Only Living Boy in New York was number nine,
1: and Rough Night was number ten.
2: Yeah, I've got I've got lots of Netflix stuff in here because I'm looking at my my list and like on Letterboxd, like the bottom five are not Netflix movies, but then the next twenty are. Yeah. <laughs> Like that Jason Siegel movie.
3: Uh, the Discovery. Yeah, the Discovery was just that was in the con- that was in my contender. That's like, probably in my bottom
2: ten. But like naked, like black butterfly, just like real low hanging fruit that you know, I don't need to tell a pile of shit that it's shit, you know. <laughs> but they need to know about <laughs> <They> those pirates movies. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, so twenty eighteen you guys need to watch Fucking Great Wall. David. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have an idea. Well like uh
0: well, uh uh, make it we'll homework. Like a Cloudwork argument <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think what we should do is I think we should make once the Oscar nominations come out we should do an o- Oscars predictions game and whoever loses whoever comes in fourth gets to assign no whoever loses Who the, the other three get to pick one movie that person has to watch.
2: Ah. I would gladly watch The Great Wall again.
3: But see we'll pick different things for like It'll if it's David we're picking
2: The Great Wall. Yeah
1: if it's Chris we're picking A Ghost
3: Story. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it once. no no. Oh. It really
0: <laughs> should be things they haven't seen.
3: I'll f-
1: I'll, maybe I'll, we'll I'll pick another David, David Lowery movie
0: <laughs> we'll make you watch Ain't Them Bodies Saints <laughs> that's actually a movie I could, I
1: could make sure me and, for team,
0: me and TJ will I'm remake good Story oh, shot sure. <laughs> shot one
3: of us gets to eat a whole pie <laughs> and I get to yeah. stand in the corner <laughs> uh,
0: this was Talkie Talk the podcast for the media by us please visit the site and see our stuff Check with us on uh, Twitter, and we'll be tweeting when the award shows are are happening, and our Facebook groups. We're keeping everybody informed of things that are going on, as long as as well as our Facebook page. Uh, check all that stuff out, and again, subscribe to the podcast so you get all these. And um, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Subscribe and leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. And want to say thanks to you guys for being here. Thanks, Chris. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Brent. Sure. Thanks, TJ. Yer. And uh, especially if you've gotten to this point and you aren't just me checking the edit. <laughs> Thanks for listening through this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep.
3: Also, real quick, podcast of the year, talky talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for your consideration. <laughs> Bye.
3: Kicking rocks down old dusty roads town slow pokes long time ago
0: Kicking out records of all the
3: things that I know all the things